Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Rudewald. All right, so this week we wanted to talk about some in-season training. Sprints. Sprints, specifically sprints, because we do a lot of crit racing. A lot of crit racing. When there is actually a lot of racing. We're from the flatlands of Wisconsin, so most of the things that we race are crits, and also some road races, but they're very flat road races, unfortunately. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on Mm -hmm. what kind of body type you got. But I think we can uh, also kind of mix in a little bit of like mountain bike racing too. Mountain bike racing. Yeah, I think it's once you get into the season, it's all kind of relative. Yeah, I think we'll talk about a lot of different kinds of, of like in season training races, and yeah. I think I think we've talked a lot about training up until like the start of the season. So like Ryan, you specifically have been following a pretty structured trainer road program mm-hmm. through the uh, sweet spot base and then the uh, short power build phase, right? Yeah. So now we're going to talk about what do you do when you get to races? Yeah. All right, so uh, do we? We'll kind of start off with what, what, we've, what we've been doing. Yeah, I mean, what we've, we've been doing. Last week we talked about you know I got a little bit of burn burnout from a little bit uh, race just doing trainer road. So yesterday we got out for the first time outside to do a little bit of our own sprint training. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty nice day outside. So we decided to ditch the trainers. We got on some nice farm roads and we did a classic sprint session yeah so what we did real quick is we just did nine sprints total Mm -hmm. uh the first three were probably uh 100 meters maybe yeah some shorter so like the i think anytime that you do a sprint session um you should have a goal of the session and some variety within the session so we a great workout for anybody that wants to get out and work on their sprinting is you know we did roughly about an hour and a half ride and we did nine sprints in that ride, and we mm-hmm. broke it up into sets of three. So the first set we did, like you said, kind of these very short, explosive. Yeah. Uh, I would say they were starting at about eighteen miles an 18 hour, eighteen to twenty miles per yeah. hour. We were just we were comfortable when we started. Yeah. And it was meant to really be explosive and get up to speed. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that exact phrase. So explosive, mm-hmm. get up to speed. And really wind it out, I would say. Yeah. 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 They were almost kind of like warm up sprints as much as they were, you know, getting the feeling of sprinting and accelerating. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in between each one of those three sprints, we probably did like a five to seven minute cool uh, recovery. Recovery. Yeah. We wanted to be pretty fully recovered to do the next one. I think people will go out and a lot of the times they'll confuse a Tabata session with a sprint session. So when I say Tabata, some people might be more familiar with the phrasing like on-off training or 30-30s or 20-40s or whatever kind of variation. <clears throat> but essentially, there's different sessions where you can go out and you kind of work on that repeatable punching. So it's like 30 seconds as hard as you can go, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds back on, 30 seconds rest. And the point of that session is to get your body used to going way over your threshold and then chilling out and then way over and then chilling out much like you would in a full gas criterium which is a good thing to train i sure. think there you should definitely be definitely. doing that but it's i think it's good to note that that doesn't like improve your sprint that's actually right. 
an aerobic ride rather than an anaerobic ride. Right. So that's improving your repeatability, right? Your ability to to re- go, you know, into that red zone over and over and over again, which is like you just said, and great point, a an aerobic uh, fundamental. Yeah. What we wanted to do was hit that anaerobic, mm-hmm. uh, really focus on that 10 to 15 second punch. Right. Anything over that starts to become moving to anaerobic. Aerobic, you mean. Aerobic, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to keep it right in there. And they the interval should be that you go really hard and then it, you want a full, full recovery. Full recovery. You want to let your muscles, you know, spin on the pedals nice and easy to kind of clear out some of that waste. But, you know, you want... A hundred percent recovery. Have the body be ready to do another one at max because what you're trying to do is you're trying to push your max power. Yeah, and that's the only way to improve your max is to go out and and try to you know like cr- just crush it. But in, in order to do that, you need to be fresh for each one. Yeah. So after our first three, we did. What do you kind of wind ups? I guess the, um, after the first three. Yeah, so after the those? first three, we did. I would say big gear stomps. Big gear stomps. Okay. Yeah, which is you go into your second, your biggest yeah. or second biggest. For us, it was like the fifty three thirteen. Uh, I think it was a twelve. Twelve. It was our second. Yeah. Smallest second, cog. Yeah. You want one that you can wind up, but uh, also one that's really tough to push yeah. at the beginning and you start from almost almost a dead stop yeah rolling at like two miles an hour mm-hmm. and this feels so awkward and so hard because you're essentially going from zero to trying to get up to max speed all while doing it in your biggest gear yeah so you're really pushing super hard on the pedals and the great thing about these is it really works on that force production mm-hmm. so you're really just you're putting your entire body through the pedal and you're also getting, I also noticed it in my glutes actually, mm-hmm. because you've got to use every muscle in your leg to try to like get the cranks around because you're in such a big gear that I, so there's two things that you're doing. You're really, like I said, you're really generating a lot of force. And I think you're also working on getting your body involved in the sprint. Sprinting is a full body, yeah. uh, a full body yeah. exercise or, or action, I guess you could say. You really start movement. using your back and your shoulders and your arms right. to really torque the bike. Yeah. It's, I think it's very similar to kind of like doing squats. Yeah. Where once you have a lot of weight on your body, you start to realize how much uh, you're using your shoulders and your back to support yourself. And that's very similar with sprinting. Even though it's coming from your legs, your shoulders and your back are really supporting you to put put out as much power as you can through your legs. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree with that, for sure. Um, okay, so those were the, the kind of the second set of three that we did. And then we moved on to the last set of three, which I would call sprint simulations. Yes. So that's sprinting from, I, you know, I wouldn't quite say race speed, but I would say at speed. So one of us would lead it out, essentially, mm-hmm. and we would, you know, like start winding it up probably start out at about 22 miles an hour and then get up to about 25 and then just start to take off yes and start to really kick and then the other person sits on their wheel and they try to sprint around them which for me is incredibly hard because ryan is a great sprinter and also extremely fit that was my shoe ryan's shoes are just falling off the 
shelves. Anyways, uh, Ryan is an incredibly fit and a good sprinter. So for me, it was always a challenge to try to like actually sprint off your wheel, but it's really good practice and it's Mm -hmm. a really good simulation. What I think that really helps with is when you are behind someone, you don't really realize that if you kind of wait until the last second, that Mm -hmm. how hard it is to get around someone when they are redlining. Yeah. It's not just as if like as soon as you're if you're drafting someone you automatically win. You have to make up you know, a f- three meters mm-hmm. to actually beat them. It's a good way too to figure out what kind of sprinter you are. Yeah, it's very it's a it's a it's a simulation, right? So for example, when we do this exercise, Ryan is he has quite a a long sprint. He can he can go pretty far out and hold a pretty high amount of power all the way through. He's got a very good sprint. I have a good snap, but after my snap is done for about three seconds, I'm kind of out of gas. That's about all where all my energy goes. So if I wanna if I wanna sprint off Ryan's wheel and get around him, I need to wait until like the last minute and just kind of snap right around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ryan just needs to get around me and just hold me off. Yeah, that was kind of my strategy with you yesterday. Was I would try to go. Uh, before you'd think I would go, mm-hmm. which it kind of throws you off a it little does, bit. It does, and it makes me have to hold a higher power. Yeah, so now if I can get around you and kind of put even a little bit of a gap, you have to then go faster than me to even catch up to me, but then pass me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's a really good good workout. Yeah, sure. especially the, the race simulation aspect of it, you know, trying to figure out the other person and – when you're in a race, sometimes you have to figure out, okay, how am I going to beat this person? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what kind of sprinter they are, which is you have to kind of realize during the race what are they do, what are their tendencies because they're going to do what feels good to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the in the practice last week, uh, watching the the guy that it came down to me and one other guy, he wanted to be in the front to to finish it out because he's he's got a really good like. He can hold power for a long time. Yeah. So he tra- he was trying to drop you off. He was his just wheel. trying to drop you off his wheel, and then it was really hard to get around him because he could just maintain a really high speed. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I had to be the first one going into like the final corner if I wanted to beat him, and then kind of get that pop in order to just hold him off the wheel. Yeah. Uh, and even then, actually, he almost got he almost got me at the line. Like it was like millimeters. Yeah, you guys are close. Yeah. So it's it's figuring someone out because you know just because you're in someone's draft doesn't mean you're gonna win. Yeah, totally. Especially if it, if the guy's better than you. Right. So Ryan, why? So we I, I like to think that we we train with purpose. Um, so why are we doing sprint sessions in in I guess you could say middle of May, end of May, early June? We'll probably be doing mm-hmm. them for a couple honestly a month or a month or two still as well. Um, kind of through our A races, right? So yeah. like, what, what's the point of doing these sprint sessions? So I think the biggest part of doing these sprint sessions is just getting comfortable at that high power level, mm-hmm. um, getting your form in when you sprint. Uh, it's great if you have all the fitness to get you to the end of the race, but winning a race is, com- is a completely different, different aspect mm-hmm. than your overall fitness. You Definitely. could have all the fitness in the world, but if you can't sprint on your bike, you could you could get top tens, but you might never get that first place. So I think uh, practicing your sprint and practicing it a lot mm-hmm. really gives you that extra five percent 
that brings you from 10th place to top three. Yeah, I think there's two things going on here. I totally agree with you. Everybody gets really um, focused on driving their training load up, and it's kind of like a never-ending cycle where they just want to keep like pushing and pushing and pushing. But I think at some point, you need to start to unload some stress. And doing a, a sprint workout like this is the perfect way to do so. It's not super taxing. You're working on that like high-end power, but you're not really holding anything for a super long amount of time. So like we got back from this ride yesterday and you know it's a workout for sure and your legs your legs do feel it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same thing as like doing VO2 max intervals or going out to do like a hard 20 20 or 2 by 20 uh, threshold workout if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then also too, I think a lot of the times again kind of like what you said, people just assume that they don't have a good sprint. They think, you know, they they train super hard and they think that they've got a really good FTP and they get to the end of the race, but the only time they ever practice sprinting, well, they don't practice it because they just they do it at the end of the race, and it sucks because sprinting is like the most athletic ability in cycling. It's a full body maneuver. It requires leg speed. It requires you know like a lot of diligence and and practice of that movement. And people just I think too too easily assume that they just can't do it. Yeah, I think a huge part of it too is just your body position. Absolutely, um, your body position gives you an extra two miles per hour Some, without putting out any more watts. Something that I've always struggled with too is because I think this is the year that I'm trying to practice my sprint more for the reason that we just said. Is I sometimes would have my back wheel skip around, and I think that's a common common mistake a lot of people make because they don't practice their sprint enough. Your body should be more centered over the bike, with a with with your your head and shoulders being lower over the front end instead of farther over the front end. Yeah, you can definitely uh, you kind of want to shift your weight slowly forward mm-hmm. as as you you when you start you want to keep it centered so that rear wheel stays down. Yeah. But then as you pick up speed, bringing your shoulders for forward more and more and more, kind of like a Caleb Ewan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you don't want to just go straight to that because all of a sudden your wheels your pop wheel around. skips around. You're in, you're in your cleats too. So like yeah, like the harder you pull on the pedals, the more you're gonna pull that wheel off the ground, and you're gonna lose so much power if you do that. Yeah, and that's a huge part too, is because when you sprint, you want to be pulling up on the bike rather than pushing down. Yep. Uh, and when you first start, it's kind of like a full circle thing to get it get your bike moving Mm -hmm. and then you want to be your shoulders forward with it just pure pulling up and you want to bring the bike to you is kind of the the way i always think of it is pull the bike to you and that gives you a really good jerk Mm -hmm. which gives you that pop yeah no i i I totally agree it's it's something i'm gonna get up one real quick to ride my charger ryan is just quickly scrambling to make sure that our podcast doesn't die on us. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I totally agree. You want your body to be pretty centered over the bike. You want to feel, I almost like to feel like I'm kicking down and back. Like I'm, I'm kind of like propelling myself against the bike. That's just kind of how I personally feel as I'm doing the motion. Um, but I also too, I think sprinting in some ways is a little bit individual. Not only do people have different types of sprints that they excel at, but people have different bodies and mm-hmm. people 
you know, will find that some they sprint really, really well at a crazy high cadence, and some people sprint better at a bit of a lower cadence, or their body has like a different position than than you or I would have. So I, I do think it just requires you to like kind of feel it out and see like what feels good when you're sprinting and what you know if you're with a bunch of buddies and you guys are sprinting for town lines and you do something different and all of a sudden like you're 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 in it or you're beating everybody or you're you're just you know sprinting in front of your buddies like remember that and be like okay like i'm gonna try that from now on and see if i can you know figure out why that works yeah one interesting thing that you bring up is uh it's it's very different for everyone you know really good Sprinters like you know Marcel Kittle in his heyday versus mm-hmm. Caleb Ewan, right? Completely different sprinters. One guy's going for pure power, and the other guy is going for pure aerodynamics. Yeah, Marcel Kittle's putting out insane power. He's like a sail. I mean, the guy's yeah giant. He's like 190 pounds, and he's pretty tall. I can't remember exactly how tall he is, but he. I mean, he's just like he's basically like you know like smashing everybody in a drag race whereas like you mentioned Caleb Ewan is all about having the perfect body position popping out at the last second putting down some high power but really working on you know being the the uh the most aerodynamic sprinter in the, in the bunch yeah it's kind of crazy because I think he averages during his sprints like between like 900 and 1100 watts like that's how much pretty much anyone can sprint at yeah but I think, he is so aerodynamic that he now becomes world tour level. Yeah, I think there's a big misconception that people think that they can't sprint or unless there's some people and I have known a couple people, you probably know a couple people as well, where they're better off being in the breakaway than sprinting. Absolutely. That's just like that's their game, that's their power profile, which is another good thing to know. Um, you know, they're never going to win the bu- the bunch sprint, so they they are have a better chance of trying to force a split and then rolling a breakaway. I think that's maybe ten percent of people, if that. I think most people can do a good sprint. It just comes down to practicing it, knowing what kind of sprinting you're good at, and also positioning too. Which is why it's a good thing, like Ryan and I just did, go out with a buddy and even better, like a group of buddies, and do the do this workout that we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even people that feel like they don't have a sprint, maybe they prefer going for breakaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of thinking about it as going to for the sprint, be the first person to that last corner. Yeah. And then hold it. What is that? Know? What is that phrase? When in doubt, lead it out. Yeah. When so in doubt, like, lead it and out. You never know what'll happen too. I mean, I've seen I've seen people like just hit the front with half a lap to go and hold this really high power and the last corner comes up and nobody's really able to come around him just yeah. because like everybody's gas trying to like stay on the wheel. So yeah, you just never know what'll happen. It's just important to kind of, you know, play your strengths, I guess you could say. Yeah. So if you're better at getting that separation and holding mm-hmm. high power, go early. Maybe that's your thing. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, you're probably going to place pretty well. Yeah. You know? You might get a win every now and then, but you might always get top fives. You know, going into the last corner first is really never like a terrible thing unless it's a really long sprint. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's like an 800 meter drag into the finish. Um, I think it's more often than not people just get buried and they go way too late than going too early. Yeah. I'd always rather go too early and maybe get pipped by a couple riders than get boxed in or go too yeah. late. 
So. You probably have a better chance if you go a little bit early because mm-hmm. at least you have that chance. Like you don't right. know There's, what's going to happen yeah, behind you. Right? You could you could go, and people could get bucked or they could follow the wrong wheels and get boxed in. You have a way better chance of sticking something early than you do waiting to be the guy that follows the perfect wheel. Also, too, in amateur cycling. That never happens where there's just like a golden wheel to yeah. follow. And it's just a swarm. Oh, it's it's just a swarm. And the guy that, that won last week sucks in the sprint this week and he gets boxed in. I mean, like there's unless you've got like the same guy that wins every race. And even if that is the case, you probably shouldn't even be on his wheel because he's probably going to out sprint you then. You're probably yeah, you probably need to be in front of him. You probably need to be in front of him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, in any case, do whatever you can to just give yourself the best chance of bringing home a result. Yeah. And I think that's that's not relying on other people or some golden wheels. I remember the first year of Toad when we were racing and I think specifically this was at Grafton. I it was my first year my first year racing and I just thought I'll just follow the leader's jersey around and I'll just like stick with him cuz like he's the leader. Like he's got like he's the the Omnium leader. I'm like that's the perfect wheel to follow. And like he sucked at sprinting, like he I think he had gotten in the breakaway for two days, and he was able to get all of his points that way. But that just kind of shows you, like I I basically wasted my race because I thought there was one guy that was going to tow me to the line, and I was going to come around him in a hundred meters to go and just pip him, and it's never the case. One thing I realized too uh, <laughs> about sprinting is that you're never going to cross, especially if you, like if you win. You're never gonna feel good crossing the line. You're typically gonna feel like you want to throw up. Yeah. So that's I, one thing to remember. Like right. when you really hurt, your your mind tells you, okay, you're not gonna be able to win. You're too tired. Mm-hmm. You the hardest part is getting over that. Right. Because you feel like typically you feel like death. Yeah. When you're getting you're gonna feel like death if you win. Yeah. You know, I've never done good in a race and felt good afterwards. For sure. I always felt like I was on the edge of like not being able to pedal my bike anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we've talked a lot about sprinting and I guess I kind of want to get back to the point of why we do this session. And we touched on it a little bit ago where you've really built, you've spent all winter building your fitness up. And for us to give some context, we primarily, or I would say maybe exclusively race criteriums mm-hmm. in the Midwest. So what we're doing is we're doing a workout that's not terribly strenuous, one that we can fit in the middle of the week because we do have pretty busy work schedules and, and lives, and something that is is uh, pretty specific towards the type of racing we're doing. Yeah. So, you know, like we can go race on the weekends, take a day to recover. Maybe we'll do this workout on Tuesday or, or Wednesday or maybe even twice during the week. And then we'll still be fresh enough to really, you know, lay it down at the races on the weekend. Yeah. And you can use the same thought about like mountain biking. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're only racing mountain bikes, you should be out on the trails during the week. But don't even think about it like going and hammering it like you right. would at a race. Slow it. You should actually slow it down and just really focus on right. your technical, uh, technical skills and then also really focus on the technical skills that really hold you back. Yeah, I, I think of the race, the season in general, like making a cheeseburger. So like your base season was the bun, right? Nice and fluffy and soft and not too hard. And then like you start to get into like the, the vegetables and that's like when you're starting to do some intervals and starting to get like sharpen that spear. 
and then you get to that beef and that's like what makes the burger right that's like the best part of the burger that's like the best part of the race that's like the best part of your fitness and what's going to win you the race so doing the beef is like doing those sprints and for mountain biking doing the beef is the technical skills right i don't know how i feel about that metaphor I'm just I like beef. May I I would say it's more about the condiments. You've already built the burger. Okay. Just okay. uh put put the good stuff on now. Fine. I I I get the I get it, right? Cuz condiments aren't, aren't too heavy. You're just polishing the burger. But man, do they make a burger? They do make a burger. Try eating a burger without ketchup or mustard. It's right. not even a burger. Yeah. There yeah, you go. That's a dirty sandwich. <laughs> But yeah, you can definitely do you know apply it to mountain biking. Even doing these right. kind of workouts on a road bike, if you can't really get out to mm-hmm. a, like a trail, maybe it's yeah. flooded. I don't know. We've been having a lot of rain, and a lot of trails have been closed. Yeah. Uh, doing these kind of intervals where it's just sprints that keeps you sharp for the beginning of a race, at the end of a race, those punchy mm-hmm. parts of the mountain bike race. Yeah. Or you can just go out for a two-hour ride and just keep it at like a really good tempo, just above like probably like around zone three. Something that's you know a little kind tough on your legs, but it's not as hard as a race. Something that just keeps your legs sharp. Yeah, I, I like to think of it too. Is well, I so racing is racing is pretty hard on your body. Yeah. Um, I think of you think of like the hardest you ever go, and it's in a race, right? You kind of anytime you you toe the line, you kind of go that extra three or four percent deep. You know, like think about that last lap in a crit, that last lap in a mountain bike race, where you're really pretty much on the edge and you're really forcing your body to go past where it wants to go. That's pretty hard on your on yourself, right? So you don't need to be like doing this huge training load in between races. You should really be focusing on racing. So if yeah. you, if if they're important races to you you should focus on doing that race and recovering from that race and then doing these high quality workouts completely fresh and kind of just like trying to balance the fatigue going through the season and then at some point too you know like there's always a lot of popular coaches will talk about how it's good to take like a break and then rebuild your fitness so at some point you know some people like to race all year round but a lot of people a lot of coaches will say you want to maybe take a couple of weeks to like do some more work to drive up your training load and then start racing again. Um, but that's the same concept, right? You're not really, you're not really doing as much racing then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, especially when you are as tired as you talked about, like that extra 3%, you want to be able to look back at the, you know, your sprint form or your mountain bike skills. And it should just be like, you should be able to do it when you are so tired and it's just, you know, you, you just feel so good. Like you, it's, it's now just embedded in your mind about how to do this, how to, you know, right. launch off of a, a drop or get around uh-huh. roots, you know, get around technical corners, you know, sprint in the last lap, be the first yeah. one to the last corner. I like to think about it super holistically and that everything you, some people like to boil things down to being fit or not fit, but every single thing requires energy right and your your brain runs on carbohydrates and then so does your body as well so if if you don't practice these things you have to think about them during the race they're not automatic you want to get to exactly what you were saying where they're just automatic you don't yeah, have that's to think a about good them. way to talk about you're, yeah, you're literally you're literally sparing your brain carbohydrates that can go into your legs um and that's what happens when you practice your sprint and when you practice cornering and when you do all these like I would call them like soft skills or maybe even maybe even hard skills, right? Um, 
where you're just you're sharpening the spear so when it comes to race day like it's automatic like you're in that last lap and it's like oh i know what to do like i need to be third wheel and i'm good at going with 200 meters to go so i want to put myself pretty close to the front and i'm just going to pop around and i already know how to sprint and it feels good yeah like that's you know that's just kind of where you want to be i think a lot of people just really focus on like the the whole training side of things and not like the Parts of your fitness that don't really require fitness. You you can't see them in training peaks. Yeah, or, or training things you road, can't right? see in training peaks. Yeah, yeah. Things, I I have I have remembered before where I would look at my training peaks and I'd be like, I should be flying right now. Like I should be mm-hmm. just like crushing it. But for for whatever reason, you know, I wasn't going super well and and it just wasn't going my way with racing. And thinking back to some of those periods, a lot of the times it's because I wasn't doing exactly what we were talking about. I wasn't practicing cornering, even though I'm good at cornering, but I wasn't doing it as much as I used to. Yeah. Wasn't sprinting. Like, that's how I'm going to win a race. It's probably not going to be solo off the front or in a, in a breakaway. It's probably going to be sprinting. So I wasn't practicing sprinting. Yeah, it's really weird when uh, you train a bunch and then when you get to the race, you feel awkward on your bike. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, because you don't feel wrong. comfortable riding around someone or at the beginning of like a mountain bike race, you know, you don't know how to deal with other people on the trail with you. Right. Well, mountain biking for sure. Like, um, I mean, you did a lot of mountain biking last year. That was kind of like, I'd say your focus for at least the first half yeah. of the year. And it requires a lot with the technical skills. Yeah. Know? And I guess I can't really talk a lot to mountain biking because it's definitely not my specialty. Well, like, how did you feel, like, mountain biking against other Cat 1s? Which you were. You're a Cat 1, so are. Um, like, did you feel like you didn't practice skills enough? Did you feel like you... Absolutely. Uh, you didn't I had do a pretty, them enough. Yeah, I did not do them enough uh, because I knew people who I knew I was faster than. On the road. Yeah, but they would just annihilate me on the the bike uh, on the uh, on the trails yeah uh, a good example is Casey Greismer a friend of ours oh yeah uh, UWU he was, yeah he always talks about how in at his peak you know he was mountain biking every single day oh, and he could beat guys work. who had who had more than a hundred watts on them wow that's the difference his his mountain bike skills were just so high it's so, like so high level everything was automatic everything was automatic he, he could use so much less energy. Mm-hmm. To then stay with the top guys, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of insane what what a difference that actually makes. So I think his, he had like his FTP was like three hundred watts, and he uh, he took like seventh place or fifth place, I think was his best, mm-hmm. which is high. But if you're looking at other Cat ones and pros, yeah, yeah. that he was racing against, not as high, right? Mm-hmm. And he was probably beating a lot of guys that he that were in like you know the top twenty and top thirty who had like you know like what you said 100 watts on them yeah so i think with mountain biking especially like the more you can be out on the trails the better you're going to be even if you don't have that high level of fitness Work. if you can really bring up your technical skills to get that to high level it'll make up for your fitness yeah definitely well ryan we've talked quite a bit about you know the soft skills of cycling mountain biking road racing crit racing sprinting do we want to talk a little bit about what we have coming up, what we're doing? Yeah, sure. What, what our summer is looking like. Ryan got his first race win last week. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Practice crit win. Practice crit. But a crit is a crit. It was a, a fun race. A win is a win. I enjoy those races. Yeah. You got, you got pretty teamed up on by 
three brazen riders. You know, I gotta, was, I gotta it was, say it was the, three on one. Well, I wouldn't even call it three on one. Um, they realized that uh, there wasn't. It kind of came down to just myself and like three brazen guys. Oh yeah. And they realized they're not gonna team up on me when, you know the. The turnout for that race hasn't been great. They wanted you to come back. They want me to come back. They wanted you. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to beat up on you too bad. But yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna like beat up on the one guy, who, one of the guys who actually shows up. So anyone in the Madison area who's listening to this, you should one hundred percent go to yeah. the Madison practice crits. They are the best we, racing of we, the year. Honestly, we, we talk about it every year, and like practice crits are the best crits. Yeah, like they're super fun. People pretend like they don't matter, but deep down everybody wants to win a practice oh, yeah. because that's just the way it goes they're I, only $10 to I'm gonna like just drive around and like throw people in my car on right? the way and just be like you're gonna do this and you're gonna try it out and you're gonna love it and they and are gonna only be like, $10 yeah they're only $10 that like okay so we're about to go Toad starts and I love Toad one of my favorite races of the year but that's a $55 to $60 race depending, yeah. on, depending on the day you're racing and if you're registering the day of mm-hmm. so oh 50 to 60 bucks great event but that's a lot of money it's a lot of money if you're learning how to ride and you're racing don't don't show up to a toad event you need to go to a couple of races before you go to like a big crit or a big race like that come to the practice crits come to the practice crits learn your skills uh, you can jump back in if you get dropped like if you get dropped in a big race they pull you at the practice crits you can just take a chill couple lap break, talk to some friends, yeah. jump, jump back in the race, and you can still win the race, and nobody's going to care. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. is like, if you get dropped, stop, jump back in, and it's take completely acceptable. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're big advocates of it. Honestly, we should probably like help out and organize some stuff with them and try to volunteer a little bit. Not that we're on, we're on that club, but, you know. We wanted to... Well, we keep talking about we keep talking to, about trying to do our own series. Yeah, like, our own. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say series, but our own little uh, group ride practice crit. Group ride practice circuit. Circuit. Yeah. Yeah. We got some things going down. If anybody in the, I would say the east east side of Madison, some prairie area, is interested in doing a, a weekly training ride, mm-hmm. uh, hit us up. We've got some ideas, and we're probably going to start something. I would say. In the next couple of weeks, try to get something going. That would be a gr- that would be the best way to get started. Is if any listeners just m- mention, yeah, post it on our Facebook, tweeted us, tweeted us something, sent us a message like, "Hey, I would be interested in like a East Madison, like it would be out of Sun Prairie, out of Sun Prairie, which is which is East Madison, doing like an hour, hour and a half practice Hard, circuit ride. ride. We actually completely we actually, safe. We yeah. found an area where there's it's a, a three corner circuit with zero stop signs. Yep. So that's kind of our idea is we would do this on on open roads in group ride format, but we actually picked kind of like a circuit. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to come and and say they just got dropped, they could just chill out, hang out and then regroup yeah. uh, on the next circuit. It's so that it's just out do the circuit a few times and then back. Yep. So you you can't really get lost. Right. That was that was a very specific thing that I think is really good for something like this where it's yeah. like a practice almost like a, a practice race. Practice race. Um where it's almost a straight road out to the the course mm-hmm. and then just a few loops, wait for everyone at the very end and then ride back. So yeah, we're we're kind of thinking about starting something like this. 
anybody on the the local Facebook pages in Wisconsin that are cycling related, keep your eyes out because we'll probably post some stuff. Yeah, pretty soon and try to get a group together. Yeah, hopefully we will. Yeah. So yeah, all right. Talking about practice crits, Ryan. What else were we gonna talk about today? Um, I kind of think that was mostly it, right? That was what, pretty much it. What do we it. have for time? How are we? How we're are we at thirty five minutes. I 35 think that's minutes. perfect. I think I think we're gonna call it a podcast and we're gonna wrap it up, right? Sure. Before we totally finish it off, is anything grinding your gears, Ryan? <sighs> grinding my gears. Okay, you know what's been grinding my gears? You tell us this, what's grinding your gears. Is uh, this weather? Oh, totally dude. out of our control. What's going on? Yeah, so Wisconsin has been like 50 raining, degrees. Raining, rain, and rain. And wind. It's wind. Well, it's always windy. I guess, yeah. But it doesn't help with all the other stuff going on. But like next weekend, uh, very excited. we were very excited to do a race, and it's predicted to thunderstorm for like five days straight. Oh, it's gross. So it's like, is that race even going to go on? We'll see. Well, that's honestly, we'll we need, see. That's why we need the Alliant Energy Center Criterium course. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but mm-hmm. would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right, cool. So this weather just been getting me down, yeah, man. I, that's grinding my gears too, Ryan. Um, all right, well everybody, thanks for listening. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, all your favorite podcast apps. We should be on most of them. Follow us on Facebook. You can find our new episode updates there. Uh, tweeted us at Twitter. Uh, you know, happy to take any questions for the show as well. I think that's uh, at Bike Race Weekly. Either that or Bike Racing Weekly. For Twitter, it's Bike Race Weekly. Okay. Character restrictions. Um, so at Bike Race Weekly on Twitter. Um, yeah, tweeted us. We'd love to answer some questions on the show. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. We're always happy to hear how we're doing and we love five star ratings but even if you don't want to leave us a five star rating that's totally cool we're just happy to hear what you guys think of the podcast all right i think that's it thanks for listening guys thanks for listening see you everybody